0: And you are listening to the best podcast out there, the Atomic Podcast, where he blows up the news
1: on a verbal scale. Produced by the E, the H-N-I-C, rep in New York City Live and direct, cause he always come correct When he does an interview, it makes the streets all connect He stimulates the brain, your your are device. it He's smashed like the Hulk when he claps super device It's all about the news when he drops and beats it's a so pay close attention, shit's about to explode Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast coming to you live from the Upper West Side, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am Ephraim Guzman and my guest today, she's an actor. She's, you could say a genre actor because she has very memorable roles and a lot of roles that a lot of fans appreciate. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Mary Stewart. Catherine, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How
1: are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I say you're a genre actress because like you're known for like certain roles, but you know you have a whole body of work. But you know there are certain movies that fans you know remember you for, so that's why I say that. <laughs> well,
0: what, what genre is
1: that? <laughs> well, I would say the sci-fi horror genre. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, those those uh, that work that I did seems to have some longevity. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, um, I know it, it. It like supersedes everything you ever done. When you, but you know, you have a whole body of work though. You've done a lot of things, but you know, those are the most memorable work. You know, memorable roles. Like William Shatner will always be known as Captain Kirk. You know, stuff like that. You well,
0: know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, and, and I'm not complaining. That's for sure. It's it's funny because I just kind of slipped into that whole kind of genre. The very first movie I did in Los Angeles was. The last Starfighter, and right after that, I did Night of the Comet, and um, I've had that was thirty years ago, and I've done probably fifty more things since then. But those two things, aside from Weekend at Bernie, are the ones that everybody tends to re- remember me by.
1: Yeah, especially gravitated towards that. How did you get started in the acting business, and you know, how was it like growing up in your childhood? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I grew up in Canada, and I developed a love of dance when I was about mm, 16 is when it really set in. my uh, mother kind of tricked me into going to class one uh, day. Uh, I didn't really know where we were going and I ended up in this dance class. I was so mad at her. But (laughs) I ended up just loving it eventually. And uh, when I graduated from high school, I moved to London, England and studied at at a performing arts school where dance was kind of the focus along with acting and singing and all the other performing arts things. Um, uh, And that's where I got into my first movie. I did a movie called The Apple. I happened to audition by chance, literally by chance, one day they were auditioning, looking for dancers for this rock musical. So I tagged along with a couple of friends to audition and I ended up with the lead role. So that is how I got into acting professionally.
1: Wow, wow. And then um, you also, from acting there professionally, from dancing, um, was you already, like, disciplined? You know, dancers are always disciplined, and it sort of translates into acting as well.
0: Well, I think I... Um, I think the discipline of dance definitely helps me in acting. I think that I'm, I probably... Um, y- y- you know, I don't expect... Too much. I'm I'm a hard worker, uh, and I think that that all comes from um, the dance background for sure. The discipline of dance. I mean, there's nothing harder than learning complex routines with a big group of other dancers and being completely synchronized. Um, It's physically and mentally punishing, you know. And then so for me the acting thing is cakewalk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was your biggest inspiration for becoming an um, actor, actress, or actor, I should say?
0: It wasn't a path that I carved for myself, so, I mean, just the fact that I got into a movie in the beginning was pretty fun and exciting and all that, and all that stuff. I suppose as I, I went along, you know, when I did the last Starfighter, I worked with Robert Preston, and, um... He was quite an inspiration, I
1: have to say. You also did Days of Our Lives. I, didn't, you know, I, I haven't even realized that you played Caleb Brady before. I was a huge Days of Our Lives fan back in the day. You were? Yes, yes. I can Stefano Demira, Tony Demira, Andre Demira, Taylor Pangilis. I was a huge fan, huge fan back in the day. Right.
0: I was on that for. I was the original Caleb Brady. Yeah. And I was on the soap opera for two years. Uh, then I, I, I actually got the last Starfighter while I was still on Days of Our Lives and, um, and immediately followed with uh, Night of the Comet. So um, kind of put Days of Our Lives on the back burner. But, yeah, that was my first, um, I guess my first sort of big job or at least long-running job in Los Angeles was Days of Our Lives.
1: How was it? Did you work alongside Deidre Hall and um, Wayne Northrup? Oh, yeah. We trip with my big brother at that
0: time. Oh, uh, how was that? How was he? Was, oh, he's a doll. Yeah. He's just a lovely,
1: lovely man. Yeah, It's sort of weird because, you know, back in the days when I used to see you, I always get you confused with you and Christian Alfonso. I don't know what was it. Not that you guys look like identical twins, but I always used to get you guys confused. It's so weird.
0: We... we... We were mistaken for each other a few times, I have to say. She's she's sort of darker and more exotic looking than I am in reality, but I was there when she first uh, signed up. She actually, oh God, I think she's originally from Chicago or somewhere, yeah. and she flew out for the role, and um, I remember her first days on Days of Our Lives, and now she's, I don't know how long she's been there now, but she's established.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you remember, do you remember your exit as Kayla Brady? Like, what was, what was the, what, what was your last scene? And then, like, um, you got, you got replaced with Mary Beth Evans, right? Like, what was the last scene, if you remember it? Well, as I
0: recall, they didn't really write me out of the scene grip, the story. Yeah. They just, I just one day, as I recall, I went to the bathroom, um, <laughs> excused myself, went to the bathroom and never came out again. <laughs>
1: you, were, you went to the bathroom. <laughs> me,
0: anyway, as Catherine Mary Stewart. Maybe he was, I'm not sure, exactly, I, I think it was Beth Evans who replaced me, but um, yeah, I didn't come out of the bathroom as Catherine Mary Stewart anymore. <laughs> <Now> that's,
1: so, <laughs> that's so amazing, because I think that happened with um, Peter Reckle as well, I think he went upstairs and Robert Kelker. Kelly took his place. With, oh, uh, is
0: that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So his character has been replaced. Has it? I don't really follow Days of Our Lives very closely, but Peter Reckle you know, came in after I did as my younger brother. So um
1: that's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I thinking. Um, I used to watch it a long time ago. That's what I remember. I just remember he went upstairs, and then like the next day, di- you know, um, I guess it was Monday when it started. It was a new actor with the same clothes he had on, but you know, you knew it wasn't him. <laughs> <right>, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Came down with somebody completely. Yeah.
1: So. It's
0: pretty funny. Yeah. But that's the magic of soap
1: operas, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. You know, it's. You gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of soap operas before I get off the subject on it. Um, what's your whole take on the whole ABC? You know, um, I had talked about this with a couple of other um ex soap stars. Um, what's your take about them taking out like two major soap? You know, established soap with decent ratings to replace them with the Revolution and the Chew. Do you have any um take on that?
0: Yeah, they sort of did a big sweep of soap operas recently, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, it's very sad because uh, put a lot of actors out of work, first of all, but it, it's sort of like a mainstay of uh, American television, these soap operas. And uh, But, you know, I guess the climate for soap operas had changed, and they just couldn't uh, make money or something. I mean, I guess, the, I, I don't know technically what the ratings were or anything like that, yeah. but I think it's sad. Um, uh, uh, it, because, again, you know, a lot of, not only actress, but uh, crew are, are out of work when that happens. When you shut down the show, it's sort of a stable Staple, I
1: should say. So you said um after Days of Our Lives you went um you got the gig from the Last Starfighter from there right basically I got
0: the Last Starfighter I auditioned for it while I was still on Days of Our Lives oh, okay. it, it it didn't have anything to do with me being on Days of Our Lives and so there were at, and there were times when I would shoot Days of Our Lives in the day and uh, there was a lot of night shooting on the Last Starfighter fortunately because I would then go to shoot the Last Starfighter you know out in, in Antelope Valley or whatever it was in, in L.A. Um, at night, so it was, I had, there was a few days that overlapped, it was uh, some serious work
1: going
0: on, I was working, I was busy. Yeah.
1: Uh, and how, how was it, you know, I know you probably, I know you talked about it plenty of times, but just give, just give me a little bit of how was working on The Last Starfighter, and did you think it would ever be a genre classic like it is now? <laughs>
0: Wait, I, I think I don't think you ever, as an actor. Well, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. But yeah. at that time, especially when I was really just starting out, I I didn't have any grandiose ideas of what might happen with each um, with each role that I played or the movie that I was in. You know, I was just happy to get the job, and and I was also very busy at that time. I mean, one job was leading to the next to the next. And I didn't sit around thinking of, about the future of this project. I thought I, I loved the script. I thought it was a lovely piece. It was a wonderful experience. You know, my co-star guest was a wonderful actor, and it's still a very good friend today. Um, just the whole experience of Last Star Friday was a, it was a very positive uh wonderful experience, especially for a newbie like myself, you know, I was, I realize now in retrospect how lucky I was to have the work situation that I did, um, and maybe that contributes to the the longevity, you know, uh, you hear all the time about miserable, um, experiences on sets or actors, or it's just, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is, um, and maybe it's because it was such a genuinely wonderful experience for everyone, and we were all sort of in it together, maybe that translates on, on the screen somehow, I don't know. Well, I don't know, but, you know, I still, I'm very proud of the movie. Um, I meet people every day who, well, not every day, but <laughs> like at conventions and things like that, you know, the, gen, the generation that saw it when it was first released is passing it down to their kids. I think it's, it's a lovely, inspiring story, and um, it really touches people in a way that's sort of unique, I think.
1: Yeah, it's one of those movies that, you know, I would I would compare it to, like, Willow or something, or, like, a Star Wars, it's almost like, you know, you watch it once, you really don't pay no mind, but then it's like, it sticks in your, not, not that you don't pay no mind, but you watch it, you're like, wow, this is a really cool movie, and then, you know... And then you like when you have a flashback to when you're older you'll always remember that movie and you just you know continue, you know continue to watch it it's 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 very inspiring and the special effects you know compared to now from back then it was pretty damn good you know it wasn't that bad at all <laughs> Well you know the story of the special effects
0: they were um they were being invented, basically, as we were shooting the movie. I mean, the special effects that were, the CGI that was used in Last Starfire really formed the foundation for what you see today. And it's, you know, if you look carefully, I mean, it's obviously uh, rudimentary stuff, but um, they were literally figuring out how to do these kinds of special effects um, as we were shooting the movie, for the movie. They were they were debating whether or not they would use the traditional, you know, um, model stuff that people would build or try to do this new computer thing, generated thing. And it was really touch and go whether or not they were even going to use the stuff, the CGI, but they ended up doing it and... Um, Hey, what the hell? Somebody's got to do it for the first time, right? Yeah. I mean, even Tron, which was out around the same time, weren't using as sophisticated uh, special effects as, as, um, as we did for that
1: time. Wow. So, I, well, I, you just schooled me on that. I had no idea it was. You know, that movie was groundbreaking like that, where it led to like the other films doing that. That's amazing.
0: I I only learned that on the twenty fifth anniversary screening. They had all these tech guys from the movie um, at the screening. We did a Q and A afterwards, and I learned a lot. <laughs> <I> didn't even <laughs> realize it. <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool, you know. when You think about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing that, you know, 20, the 25th anniversary, oh my god. Like, you know, this this movie has a lot of staying power. Like, it's weird, because, you know, you have a long body of work. Especially, I would compare Night of the Comets as uh, as another movie that has, a, a you know, a large staying power. Are you happy being known, like, pretty much basically for, you know, besides Weekend at Bernie's as well, basically known for those, like, that role in particular? Well, oh, I think there's... Uh a group of people that know me for that
0: role for sure and yeah I'm very proud of it I think I am known for other stuff that from people that are interested in the other things that I've done yeah. I mean it's a, a specific audience for that kind of a movie and um and I'm thrilled that they you know they that I'm known for that yes of course mm. um I'm, I'm like I said I'm really proud of it and um I, I, I love that it has the staying power that I do, uh, that it does. I love the message that it uh, sends. Um, I, there's nothing embarrassing about it, you know. I, I even enjoy watching it. They still screen it all over the place. I uh, most recently I was at well, it's already been the 30th anniversary, but I I was at a screening up in Canada. My um, at a science center, they were doing. Um, Uh, They called it Sci-Fi Summer, and they were doing uh, different sci-fi movies every week. And um, The Last Starfighter was the opening movie for this series of movies that they were doing on a giant screen, and Lance Guest and I... Uh, flew up there for that It was, it was the, the theater was packed It was uh, It was an IMAX screen Wow I mean, it was fantastic <laughs> And as a matter of fact You know Obviously it's not an IMAX movie But being projected That big I actually Saw and heard So much more Than I really had before It, it really Was quite Cool
1: Wow How many times Have you seen The Last Starfighter now Like you boy- <laughs> Well Well uh, you know, I don't
0: know. I mean, I could probably count it on both hands, put it that way. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. um, um, but, and not hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> does the surge in genre content, um, does it excite you? You know, space movies, and you know, like shows like The Walking Dead. Yeah,
0: I, I, I love all that stuff. I love the, the imagery. I love the imagination that goes into it. Um, it's, it's always interesting to see... the next person is going to approach the genre and see if they can come up with something unique. I'm actually involved with a a movie right now, or soon, um, called Imitation Girl that has a new take on kind of aliens um, and Earth and and humanity and all that other stuff. It's really quite a wonderful story. and a unique perspective, it, it kind of ultimately, well, I suppose most movies kind of ultimately examine humanity, but um, this is a, a, a really unique take on it, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, sci-fi is, is, is fun and it's interesting and the fans are the best. Mm.
1: Speaking of um, genre, um, yeah, I know you're an In invitation in, um, Girl now, but um talk a little bit about Night of the Comet. Um, how did you audition for the role and then tell me a little bit behind the scenes about it?
0: Okay. Well, um, yeah, I auditioned for it in a a fairly traditional way, I have to say. Um, When it came down to the, they were choosing between um, two Reggies and two Sams. And um, I read with a different Samantha Mm -hmm. than than Kelly Maroney, who, it was funny. She was reading with sort of a blonde sister, and and my hair was quite brown at the time. I was reading with somebody who looked more like me, and we ended up being cast. We didn't, didn't look much alike, but <laughs> uh, we were cast as the brothers, I mean, the sisters, yeah. Um, and uh, th- that was another really th- a terrific experience. It was, I always sort of call it, you know, it was quite low budget for the time, and I call it guerrilla filmmaking. We were shooting, you know, in downtown LA on Christmas morning so that there wouldn't be any traffic and things like that. Did a lot of night shooting. You know, there's a there was a, a day where well, maybe a couple of days where the makeup guy, makeup hair guy didn't show up, so we did our own. You know, it was just it was a real like a like it was a real team effort. And and good actors, you know, and a great director, um a great cinematographer. I think, at, And but it's, again, sort of a, a simple story but and at times it's very scary and took you off guard but funny as well. There's a real element of tongue-in-cheek there. And, um, I, I think that Night of the Comet for sort of that genre which is sci-fi kind of zombie stuff was really unique again, you know, and also what was terrific to me was that it, it it's a kind of a, uh, it's, it's sort of empowering for girls or women because two female characters carry the, the movie itself and um, that is unusual even today. It was unusual at the time. I was drawn to it because I just love the character of Reggie being kind of a tomboy and Getting thrown around by zombies and riding motorcycles and all that stuff—that was really fun for me. Um, but I, when I talk to fans of Night of the Comet, they not only do the guys think the women, the girls, you know, Reggie and Sam are just great, and they love them and stuff, and, and are inspired by them. But I think uniquely the girl, girls in the audience that have seen the movie are empowered in a way and inspired.
1: It's weird because a lot of the actors in those movies all have a significant portion of genre roles like Robert Beltran and um, Jeffrey Lewis. Um, how was it working with that with those casts?
0: Great. I mean, consummate professionals. Jeffrey Lewis, I was so saddened when I heard he passed away recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I did a couple of movies with Jeffrey Lewis. I did that and uh, I believe he was in Dudes. There was another movie that I did. Um <laughs> I don't know who it was, but I worked with him a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. um, he was, I loved him. I, I adored him. He was the sweetest, gentlest man. And the kind of actor that you, as a young actor, you can really learn from just by watching them, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: You really, I mean, talk about it. You know, uh, a bunch of work. <laughs> man, that guy's been all over the place. And I don't think he was as appreciated as he might have been. A really, really lovely man.
1: Yeah. And
0: so talented.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. You know, he's a, he's a talent that's definitely missed in the industry. Um, how was it working with um, Robert Beltran?
0: Very nice. Gotta love Robert Beltran, very sexy man. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm wish I. I'm, I'm sort of sad that I lost touch with him. I'm still in touch with Kelly Maroney. We're, we're still really good friends. Um, but he went on to bigger, you know, great things. He's done so much work in yeah. Star Trek and, and whatnot. Um, I have a great deal of respect for him as well.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the most fun you ever had on set? Was it that set or any movie in particular you remember you had the most fun in?
0: Oh, the most fun. Um, oh boy. That's a that's a tough question because every movie is so different when you're on the set mm-hmm. and each one has its positives and each one has its negatives. Um, I think I was the most excited probably on the last Starfighter just because Wow. I loved the director, um, Nick Castle, and a, he was such a lovely, benevolent man, um, and I was just happy to be there, I was just so happy to be working on that set, it, there was never sort of a downside to it, um, so maybe that, I mean, being my first movie and the circumstance was wonderful.
1: Catherine, if you could pick a movie to make about anything, what would it be based on any genre? You
0: know, I I have a few projects that I'm developing at the moment, and there's one um, script that I just love. It's about a woman who is middle-aged. It's kind of a road trip movie. She's sort of... Middle age, and she's frustrated in her work circumstance, so she kind of drops everything. And with a, another couple of characters that just sort of happen to fall in place, she travels from, like, Pennsylvania to the east coast of Canada in the summer. And it, it's just a beautiful movie about finding yourself in this idyllic force of nature kind of place. Um, And when I read this script the first time, I was just like, it was like a dream come true kind of a thing. (laughs) So, but then there's lots uh, lots of uh, other stuff that goes on along the way of the road trip, but ultimately it's just a story about finding yourself. And I'm always kind of attracted to those kind of movies that explore human nature
1: mm, you do you like movies that basically focuses on like the the inner psyche of a person or like you know the, the yeah,
0: i love that kind of thing i also love apocalyptic movies like end of the world movies uh. i love those things i don't know what it is i'm kind of weird that way i guess <laughs> but any kind of movie that deals with the end of the world i think it they're fascinating because it's sort of like sci-fi movies how is the storyteller going to tell this story in a unique way Um, but that's always fascinating to me
1: it goes to my next question Um, what's your favorite TV shows and movies right now
0: (laughs) Um, favorite TV show Uh, I love well, in terms of films, I love foreign films.
1: Um,
0: I love I love the smaller kind of art house. I don't want to sound like, you know, whatever, <laughs> movie or anything, but I just really do enjoy those kind of movies, foreign, small foreign films that even if they have subtitles, I love it. Um, in terms of television... Oh, God, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm hooked on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Dancing with the Stars, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I also, I, I don't know, there's, there's so many, there's so much great programming right now, but, you know, I'm... At the age that I am, I find it really difficult to, like, figure out Netflix and Hulu and even HBO series and things like that are like, I don't know when these things are on. I don't know when they are. I'm still, I sort of turn on the television and turn to the major networks. It's like comfort food for me. I don't even care that there are commercials. You know, my kids... You can't, don't even grasp the concept of a commercial. They'll sit watch stuff on the computer and everything. But I will sit down and watch a good modern family or something like
1: that. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. What about um, you have any what's your favorite food, music, and clothes? any <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Let's see. Well, I love food in general. Yeah. Um, I love any kind of food. I really do. I except for like liver or something <laughs> like that. Or gizzard <laughs> or something or brain or tongue. <laughs> Not so much into that, but I love me a good filet mignon. Yeah. Um, I love I, I really have to, I love Indian food I love, Mexican food I love, any kind of, you know, any kind of foreign food I love I I love food there's just no question you can throw <laughs> almost anything at me and if I'm hungry I will eat it there's no question I like to cook I like baking I, I have to be very careful because I just like food so much um, in terms of clothes I guess you know I'm kind of a jeans and Boots gal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I like casual, but, you know, it's really fun to get dressed up, too. I, I recently did a thing called the Saturn Awards. Yeah. And I have a friend here in New York who's a designer, and he gave me a dress to wear, and I felt so elegant and beautiful in this designer dress, you know? Yeah. Um... So I, 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 like to dress up. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was. There was there's this show that I did called The Annihilator back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I was looking the other day at this picture of the cast, and we were so frighteningly eighties, with the big <laughs> hair and the giant shoulders. And but you know, um, I loved. I loved getting dressed in the 80s. It was almost like a performance. You know, you could almost wear anything. And the bigger, the bolder, mm-hmm. the brighter, the better. And I kind of dug it, I have to say. But, I, you know, I'm, I've relaxed into this next millennium, so... I'm okay. I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> um, any particular music that you like? Uh,
0: well... I have to say, I always hearken back to the 70s, the mm-hmm. 60s, and the, the, the like the mid-60s all through the 70s, because that was my, uh, you know, childhood and teen years, and I have, I used to listen to a lot of music back then, and as a dancer, you know, we danced to popular music of the day, so it, ha- it holds a lot of... Um, it's had a huge impact on me, and holds a lot of weight for me in terms of music. I'm not into electronic music. I like, like I find myself listening to Eminem every once in a while. Oh, wow! Okay. <laughs> Although once I understand what he's saying, I'm a little, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: not not as thrilled. But um, I mean, there's some incredible artists out there right now. Today, you know, I love Sia. Um, I think she's incredible. I love, I love a lot of female artists, and um, but uh, you know, I always the, my standbys are the seventies, mm. <laughs> the Eagles, and Carol King, and mm. I don't know, average white Bear and the Commodores, and that yeah. kind of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know all the on. And I'm a huge Beatles fan, and that kind of thing
1: too. Yeah, who doesn't love the Beatles? Yeah, that's amazing. Why? <laughs> um, um, who and what are your fans are like? Like, you know, when you meet them at, like, you know, like the Saturn Awards and, you know, come, um, going to the anniversaries of The Last Starfighter. How are they like to you? How do they treat you? Oh,
0: they treat me like gold. They're the best. They're the yeah. best fans in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they, are. they always apologize because they say, I'm, I'm just a big nerd or something like that. But that's... The best. They're the, they're the kindest, most generous fans you could possibly have. They know every. They know more about me than I do. I learn from them every day, um, and you know they're diehard fans. And what more could I ask?
1: Also, I'm um, having children. Um, does it? um ha the, does it give you certain, like you know since you have kids um do you are cautious about your roles now or are you still welcome the opportunity to take any type of role? I, you
0: know it has to be pretty extreme for me to turn something down um okay but, but i've always i I've, I've, I've never been really cautious I don't think that's the right word, but okay. I've been. I guess, conscientious about the kind of roles that I take. I mean, to me, it's not... I, I've never been really looked at the, the, as the kind of girl who would do lots of crazy stuff. And so in, in some ways, I kind of like to play that. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, am, I am sort of conscious of... The fact that these things live forever, and I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed, but I certainly don't want to embarrass my children.
1: What is your greatest regret professionally? Do you have, like, a professional regret, like a role you regretted not turning down or did any regrets?
0: Oh, probably. You know, there, there, who knows how everything might have turned out. There was a time where I was doing a lot of movies and I was being offered TV roles and I would just automatically turn them down because at that time you, you just didn't do television if you were doing movies. Mm-hmm. And some of those I'm sure became Huge. Um, one thing that I I just wasn't hired on. I did audition for it with Friends, and I wasn't hired on it. And that was <laughs> I just loved the script, and I loved the show at the time. And I was like, oh, damn, if I could have been on that, that would have been very cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh well.
1: Oh, that's alright. Um, do you remember what it was? It was just like a like a small role on Friends, or oh,
0: no? It was one of the. I think it
1: was Monica. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would have been a good Monica. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> no, <hey>. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: that's okay. You know, it went to whoever went to
1: more
0: uh, uh, yeah. power It would have been a different show.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love. Well, 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 yeah. um, um, I was gonna say, um, what's your most memorable moment in acting? Do you have a memorable moment?
0: Well, probably uh, what comes to mind immediately is when I met Robert Preston. Mm-hmm. He he's certainly an icon. The role was actually written for him, in the last Starfighter. And Of course, I knew who he was, and and when I finally met him, and I was introduced as the character of Maggie in this movie, he took my hand and he kissed it. And he—he was—he was was truly a movie star, and he seemed to glow. You know, had this glow about him, this movie star glow. And he kissed my hand, and I was just like, I am never washing this hand again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the one that really stands out the most. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Do you have any, like, um, you know, you had a lot of roles in movies and television. Um, um, Are you open for, like, um, short, short film roles or, like, you know, like, indie films or anything like that? Sure,
0: I've done everything. I've done it all, baby. Um, I've done student films here in New York, and it's—they've been great. I've had, you know, as an actor, you want to just keep acting. Um, you want to do good work, and you want to, you know, uh, read a script that you like and want to be a part of. But like, oh, for sure, I—I just really enjoy working, and I love working with you know, people that are just starting out. Um, because oftentimes, if you, it, it's great networking, you know, you can work with them in the future, mm-hmm. um, which is the case for me in several cases. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't automatically turn down anything. Right. Just- uh, but I'm, you know, I, I'm careful about what it is
1: I do. Gotcha. Um, Just a couple of more questions, Catherine. Um, Do you have a favorite line of any character you ever played in a movie?
0: (laughs) I don't know why I can only think of The Last Starfighter at the moment. (laughs) My favorite line in that movie is (laughs) when they drive the car into the pond. When they drive the truck, the baby unit. You're familiar with Mm -hmm, that. When the baby unit slams his car into the, the pod before the guy can report what's actually going on back at, on earth yeah. um, and I jump out of the truck and I you know watch the explosion and I look back at it and I look up into the sky and I say I love you Alex Rogan <laughs> that is my favorite line of all time
1: really uh, <laughs> I would have never
0: just, <laughs> just saying
1: I'm a romantic at heart yeah. Uh, um. Tell me a little bit about Weekend and Bernie's. How was that like, especially working with Terry Kaiser?
0: Oh, well, Terry's a ball. I mean, he's just such a, a talented, wonderful, hilarious, funny man. We had kind of a reunion at a convention a couple of years ago. I love him. Oh, he hasn't changed at all. He's a sweet, wonderful man. Um, yeah, we had a gas on that movie. Uh, you know, my role was... Compared to what the guys were doing was relatively small, but I was on location the entire time, so I got to be in New York for my little bit that I did there, and then we flew out to North Carolina. It was supposed to be the Hamptons, but they built this house on a beach in North, I mean, in, yeah, in North Carolina. Um, and we shot out there for a month or whatever it was. I I forget exactly how long it was out there. Um, so that was really fun. I got to just kind of like, for the most part, just hang out on the beach. Um, but you know, it, it it was so much fun doing a comedy. It was so much fun working with Terry. He was hilarious. We had there. We had a gas. You know, there were there were times where when he's first killed, you know, at the desk, he's he's first injected with something and he sort of dies, I guess, and the boys (laughs) come and discover him. And they were shooting this scene and they let the, after the dialogue was done, um, Ted Koch, the director, just kind of let the cameras continue to roll. He didn't say cut. And it was... Terry Kaiser was actually sitting there It wasn't a dummy or anything he was just sitting there holding his breath trying to be dead and, um, <laughs> so we all just a sort sudden of sat around waiting for him to have to take a breath poor guy but it was pretty <laughs> funny <laughs> did that a couple of times uh, Terry um but, no, it was really fun. We were on, the, in the, on a great location, working with some terrific people. It was, you know, probably the biggest movie I'd ever done at that time, and probably to this day. And, again, that thing has longevity. You know, It has its own um, specific fan base that just, it's a classic. It's referred to in so many different shows, I hear about it all the time, you know, referred to somehow, in fact, uh, some episode of Friends, uh, it's referred to, so that, that was, pretty, that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun being associated with the, the kind of iconic movies,
1: like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, you was, you was talking about it before, um, Invitation Girl is, is something you're working on right now, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is it coming out next year, or is it something that's... That's be released later this the end you know before December or this is something that's for two
0: thousand sixteen. Oh, it'll be next year before it's out. There, we're they're still in production, um, and that will go on for a number of months yet. So, um, yeah, you won't hear anything about that for for a while. But they're looking they're looking for people to. Um, donate if they want to (laughs) towards the making of the movie um, you could go to imitationgirl.com and just check it out, just check out what it's all about it's a very cool um, lyrical kind of weird sci-fi thing Mm,
1: definitely check that out Um, my final question for you Catherine is um On what would Catherine Mary Stewart of today tell the Catherine Mary Stewart of yesterday?
0: You know, honestly, in my life, I have, I can't say that I regret anything. I have no regrets. I, I, I wouldn't have changed anything. I think that I would have said focus more.
1: Focus, Focus on
0: more, and, and, you know, what, this show business has become a real business business, and you have to know the business nowadays as an actor, and in those days, I think I took it a little more for granted, so I would say, learn the business of the business.
1: Learn, I like the words to live by, learn the business of the business, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds amazing! Um, Catherine, is there any um social media where people can follow you, or is there like a fan site where anybody could, or a website where anybody could write to you, or anything? For sure,
0: um, I have a website, mm-hmm. which is CatherineMaryStewart and you can email me at info at CatherineMaryStewart I am on Facebook, Catherine Mary Stewart. I'm on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm really looking for Twitter followers because speaking of knowing the business of the business, apparently that's very important these days to have lots of Twitter followers. And I'm, uh, you know, it's kind of a mystery to me because I'm really old getting into this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Twitter, uh, it's hashtag Catherine Mary Stewart. My, uh, it's at CMS, as in Catherine Mary Stewart. A-L-L, All. And um, that's the whatever you call it, the handle or whatever. Um, so I encourage people to like me or whatever you do on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I know it's terrible. Uh, I'm trying to catch up, man. Oh man. Um, yeah. I, any any social media it, just. Try Catherine Mary Stewart and you'll probably find me.
1: I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of followers on Twitter. You really don't? I'm surprised.
0: Well, not as many as I would like to have, but it's something that I've started relatively uh, just not too long ago. Oh, that's so right. I'm just still okay. working on it. But any help I can get, right.
1: you know, the better. Definitely, definitely. I definitely will follow you now. I didn't even know you had a Twitter, so wow.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> you got to find me. Uh-huh. CMS all. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and like my Facebook, as I said, my Facebook page, Catherine Mary Stewart, has lots and lots of uh, information, uh, you know, stuff that I've been doing. So does Twitter. Everything that I've been doing lately and everything that's coming up and where I'll be and what I'm up to and events I'm going to, all that stuff is on the Facebook page
1: and uh, Twitter. Definitely, so anybody, everybody could just keep track of what you're up to and what you're doing, yeah. you
0: know? And I'm on there every day responding and looking to see what, you, you know, Talking back to people, so don't hesitate because I love uh, communicating with the, everybody out there.
1: And it's kind of cool because when you know you're, I guess, writing to Catherine Mary Stewart, it's actually Catherine Mary Stewart writing you back. So it's you know.
0: Well, it's true. It is actually me. <laughs>
1: Ooh,
0: I do have a fellow administrator on my Facebook page who will say, you know, this is Tom. If, if especially if I'm particularly busy yeah. and somebody asks me a question or invites me to something and I just can't get to it, he will, you know, he'll respond and say, just so you know, she's out of town, and she's really busy right now, or whatever, she'll get back to you, ASAP. And um, on my um, uh, webpage, I have photos for sale and all that other stuff, you know, lots, lots of stuff on there, there too, to go through and look at. It's, it's kind of fun.
1: Oh. Also, before I leave, like, uh, you know, since the Pope was in New York City, what's your opinion on that? What's your take on that?
0: I think it's great. Mm-hmm. The sort of hope that we have right now is, uh, you know, inspiring a lot of people. He is thinking a little bit outside the box, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, uh, he's sort of joining us in, uh, you know, this millennium. Um, which has not necessarily been the case in the past. Um, I thought some of the ceremonies I watched on television were really terrific and very inclusive of other religions and cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a, uh, for the most part, a real positive influence, and I, I, I think it was great. No. And, you know, the traffic wasn't even that bad.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The, the trains was kind of, but yeah, the traffic wasn't that bad. You're actually right about that. But it was just a I couldn't I
0: couldn't believe it. I had to go up the West Side Highway, um, and I, the, uh, he was on the East Side that day. I went up the West Side Highway, and there was nobody. I thought everybody would be on the West Side Highway because he was on the East Side. But yeah. I think everybody just stayed home because... Everybody anticipated that there would be gridlock, but, which was great for those of us who had to get
1: around. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of New York, since you're a fellow New Yorker, um, how do you love New York City? Like, what is it about New York City that inspires you, or what do you love about it, basically? Well,
0: what's us to It's uh It's the cultural center of the universe. I've been in a lot of places in my day, and I have to say, uh, New York is one of the most multicultural. places interesting places I've ever lived Um, I love Los Angeles as well Mm -hmm. but but for completely different reasons they're absolutely they couldn't be more different Um, I love that you can step outside your door and you know you've got everything right at your fingertips basically Um, movie theaters restaurants you know the hustle and bustle of the city it's just it's a city that's alive Mm -hmm. and it it um, it doesn't sleep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, my daughter was just uh, performing as a backup singer a few weeks ago, and, and her show was from a 1 to 4 or something like that, 1 to 3, I think, in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, you go to another city and you try to get dinner at 10 o'clock at night, and it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Everything's shut down. The city, it doesn't matter what, Day of the week it is. Everything shuts down in most cities around ten or nine, even, and it, it's a real shock to the system when when you you've lived in New York for as long as I have and you try you know you try to experience some nightlife somewhere else. And it doesn't really exist. Yeah, I know. That's and we don't even own a car. You don't even need to have a car here. Other places, everybody you have to drive. You get yeah. into a car to get anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here, it's absolutely unnecessary.
1: Yeah, that that is so true. I tell that I tell that to people a lot. Like you know, people are surprised when a lot of New Yorkers don't know how to drive because you really don't need a car for this idea. It's true. Yeah. My kids,
0: uh, my kids are twenty two and nineteen, and they have driver's license, and they. Drive every once in a while, but very rarely. Yeah. But we sort of insisted that they get driver's license, so they wanted to. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, it's not the norm here for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, Captain, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate the interview. Um, hopefully, we could talk again in the future. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one. Also here is the song Live in Your World, ladies and gentlemen. Natasha Lasha